The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome back, everybody, to the KyberCast, episode 14. Oh boy, Obi-Wan. This is going to be a fun one. We're coming off of D23 with a bunch of information. Joining me, as always, is my friend, Michael Diaz. Michael, are you as excited as I am about this episode? Because we've got a treat, right? We do have a treat. Do you want me to say what that treat is right now? Or do you have Absolutely. more to say? No, 100%. Well, today, it's not just Joe and I. We have a guest. Joining us tonight is Alan Lugo, who I previously did a podcast with uh, a couple years ago. We did the uh, WNRD, the Nerd Radio, or Radio Nerd, Radio Nerd America. Was that it? <laughs> Has it really been that long, Michael? You can't remember the name of our <laughs> beloved podcast? Yes. Um, <laughs> Radio Nerd America, sorry. Um, and then Alan had to go have a baby, so he got busy with that. But he joined us tonight. Because he is a huge, huge Star Wars geek, and I'm sure he has many pin opinions on what we're going to talk about tonight as far as D23 goes. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for the invite. I finally took Joe up on his open invite and uh, ready to hit the ground running here. It's great to have you, Alan. As always, you're welcome on this podcast at any time you see fit. So this is going to be exciting. I feel like this time we're going to get some different opinions. We're going to we're going to hash these opinions out, and uh, I think it's going to be really fun. Michael, start us off. This is your territory. I'll get My into the other territory. Yeah, you're, you're more comic book than I am. So I think this is a Marvel's, Marvel's announcements at D23, I think, is better suited for you to, to go through, and, and I'll kind of work through the Star Wars bits. Okay, so as any well-respected geek or whatever should know, D23 was this past weekend where Disney basically came out and not only told us all about the Disney Plus streaming service, which we're not really going to touch on too much other than the fact that they announced a few new shows. We're going to talk about just the ones that are uh, geek specific. Uh, As Joe noted, he's going to go ahead and kind of launch us in the Star Wars bits, but some other geek related uh, topics we want to discuss here include the continuation of Marvel's Phase 4. During San Diego Comic-Con, obviously Marvel announced Phase 4, which a combination of TV shows and films over the next couple, two and a half years. Well, they had some more surprises for us at D23, uh, and they announced three more shows. Uh, Those shows being Moon Knight, which are either of you familiar with who Moon Knight is or what his deal is? I'm I have familiar, no clue. I'm pretty familiar with a character, mostly because I used to collect all the, the Marvel cards and stuff. So I know what he looks like, but I don't really know the ins and outs of his powers or abilities. He's kind of Marvel's low-rent Batman, but he wears white instead, and he got his powers from the Egyptian god Khonshu, I think is the name. And he's now a he fights for vengeance. And instead of Batarangs, he has crescent moons. Now... If you take away the fact that he's basically a low-rent Batman, 
he actually is a pretty decent character. Uh, he, he's got multiple personalities, so that kind of keeps things interesting. So think of him as more of Batman with a shattered psyche, and that's Moon Knight. Now, I, for one, are particularly excited about this because I'm a huge Moon Knight fan, even though he is, like I said, a low-rent Batman. I've uh, been a fan of his for about 20, 30 years now. Uh, found his first series in a quarter bin years and years ago and just ate it all up. So I'm particularly excited about it, but I have no delusions of the fact that he is seriously a B or C list Marvel character. Kind of like Aquaman and Joe. Oh yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> C list. I don't even tease the B list thing. We could, but we could consider if he's D list, but I think not only is he, I mean, he's a low rent Batman, but I would say, is he sort of also like a not as low rent daredevil? He kind of has that Hell's Kitchen kind of vibe to him. So, and Michael, I was going to ask you, so is he like an enhanced type of human or is he like a Batman vigilante? Like, does he not have any, what What are his powers? You touched on it a little bit. Uh, it depends on which version you're talking about, but basically he has been uh, given augmented strength by this Egyptian god Khonshu and he is the, he is the fist of Khonshu and he's here on earth to enact vengeance for those who cannot get it themselves. So, like he's basically Batman. I mean, Batman doesn't have any powers per se, but if you read his original origin story, basically Batman gets super strong because of steroids. <laughs> so, I'm reading a little bit here, and I think what I'm finding interesting is that it's very much a uh, a Jewish character, which would be a first. I think that's talked about. Am I wrong? Am I reading the right thing? Um, I actually, I, I'm not familiar with him being Jewish. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, I have not really followed him much the last five, ten years of his of his recent iterations. I'm more familiar with the 80s and 90s version of him. So if that's something they've added or something I missed, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, what I'm reading here is that uh, what true to what Alan was just saying about Daredevil is that he's kind of like Daredevil, whereas Daredevil had that kind of Catholic upbringing. This is the same idea with um a jewish upbringing that which is interesting i think it's uh something that hasn't really been touched upon in comics that i know of well let's face it superman's jewish it's true in it's many true. ways but i i love the character I'm, I'm excited for it they haven't announced any cast really or when it's coming out just that it is going to be part of phase four so maybe sometime next year or the year after again i'm excited just because He's one of those B or C grade or C list characters that I've just loved for so many years. And there was rumors for a while he was going to join uh, the Netflix Marvel series, but, but perhaps he was going to do they were going to do a backdoor pilot with him. Uh, that ever that actually never happened, obviously. And it looks like Marvel saved him for their own streaming service. Um, unlike Daredevil, though. Uh, Moon Knight is very rich, kind of like Batman. He's got a He's got the moon copter. He's got all that kind of stuff. So he's similar to Batman in that respect. But again, fractured psyche, multiple personalities, yada, yada, yada. Should be interesting. Well, okay. So my opinion is this, you know, I might watch it if it comes on. I don't care either way. It's going to be part of Disney Plus. It'll be something that probably will come at a time when things are already done that I've watched. And if, if I'm open, I'll, I'll start it. But um, I mean, I'm not super excited this is this would not make me join disney plus it's everything else that's doing it so but cool something different yeah i think i'm a 
I'm interested in the character, like kind of like Michael. I know of him, and I always thought he was a cool character. My thoughts are like, based on what Michael's saying, it's it's almost almost like he's going to be like the existing Netflix one minus Iron Fist, where there was like basically no need for special effects, probably little need for like big explosions or. You know, unless they go to the mysticism of the Egyptian god, it's like it's one of those things that if there's if it doesn't have that wow factor that the movies have, that was one of the issues with uh, the Netflix series for me. Um, some of them, some of the seasons had some great writing, but they kind of lacked that wow factor. That was the same kind of deal as Agents of Shield for me as well. Uh, I just want to agree with you on that. You're right. It's probably it's it's probably going to be a low budget show, not super low budget. But I, what I'm saying is. Um, I can see them making this show decently with not a lot of money, kind of like uh, the CW's Arrow. There's not a huge need for special effects. It's mostly guys punching each other and throwing stuff and fighting. So, like you said, it, it, it should be fairly low budget, except for maybe the first episode that shows the origin and Kanshu and all that. But other than that, should be just fist to faces, that kind of thing. Fist to Cool. Let's move yes. on. Next, Michael, on your Marvel list. <laughs> She-Hulk, which, uh, again, another very popular character within the Marvel Universe, but not a list. It's just interesting, though, because she's been on the Avengers. She's been in the Fantastic Four. So it'll be interesting to see if they use her for a bridge to either of those. Um, she's also a lawyer. And so for you, those of you not in the know, she is, she is Bruce Banner's cousin, who I believe was in some sort of accident I think in one of the origin stories, it was a car accident. And um, with no other options, Bruce had to give her a blood transfusion to keep her alive. And unfortunately, that transferred some of his Hulk blood into her. The difference being is that much like uh, Professor Hulk that we saw in Avengers Endgame, she is always She-Hulk, but she's also always herself. So she is super strong, not Hulk strong, but super strong, green, and very tall, very powerful, and a lawyer. So not sure if it's going to be a legal drama. Um, her series has also been uh, kind of a little bit more lighthearted. And she has been known to break the fourth wall on occasion, kind of like Daredevil, but obviously not to his level. So not sure what they're going to do with this show, but interesting. So the only thing that comes to mind for me, uh, Mark Ruffalo will probably be in the first couple episodes if they're going to do an origin, which they, I think they're going to have to do an origin. Sounds like they set it up with Endgame with Hulk being um, kind of the, the what was the, I don't know the proper name for the, that particular character of Hulk. I didn't like it, but um, the combined. Hulk. I just call it Professor Hulk. Yeah, Professor Hulk didn't like that, but. So, yeah, I mean, it could be fun. I'm, I mean, it depends on how they write it. I, I like to know where they're going to go. Is it, is it a legal drama, which would be strange? Is it going to be Bill Bixby-ish, you know, where he, she travels? I mean, who knows? I, I would be, uh, you know, it'll be a nice filler show again, I think. I'm not, I don't need this show, put it that way. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as Joe, but I would say I maybe a little bit more optimistic, but same as Moon Knight, same as the next one we're going to talk about. I'm really interested in what Joe touched on is like they, in order to do it successfully, which is what I think Netflix lacked a little bit, is they need to tie it into the to the main big movies. If these things are going to be true standalones that you just get a occasional mention of something from a movie, like that's not going to cut it for me. You know, I want to see, like you said, I want to see Mark Ruffalo pop up in one or two episodes or something like that. If they don't tie it in enough, 
it's gonna feel like, you know, the the B Squad Marvel. Kind of like what we got in Netflix. Exactly. Which yeah. you know you can go back in prior episodes. I mean, Alan, like Daredevil is one of my favorite shows. Period. Like I think it was just done great. I didn't care it was part wasn't part of the total universe at the time. I thought it was really good storytelling and great villains. But you're right. I think Marvel has said they're going to tie this into the. They're they're going to be networked within the entire universe. So. They're going to have to have Mark Ruffalo, I think, to bridge this to get people a to get people to watch it to begin with, so that they they continue. But they do; they have to tie it in tight now because they said they were going to do it. And I think it's almost a corner that Marvel has painted themselves into, where now they're kind of beholden to this one structure organiz, or you know, organism, and they're going to have to. I don't know how they're ever going to break it unless they get into the different you know worlds or whatever, but. I think they're kind of pigeonholed in a good way. Like I think it keeps them grounded. It keeps them, and it keeps me interested in the the soap opera soap opera of Marvel. I agree. I mean, Marvel is you know we didn't see it with Netflix so much. There you know in Daredevil, which I agree was a fantastic show. There were references to the Avengers and what happened in New York City and whatnot, but it was just that it was just references. There was no real crossover. I think now, with obviously the other shows they've already announced, the, you know Falcon and Super and Winter Soldier and Loki and WandaVision, I think we're going to see much much more cohesion this time around. And so I I expect to see you know Professor Hulk or some other character in this. So I'm interested. Should be good. Yeah, and I would say the inverse of that is like I would expect to see these guys showing up in the movies that come out after their shows. I mean, to put it quite simply, like if you mean it, then that's what you're going to do with these guys. If, if Marvel wants to stick to their guns, I think that, that they need to do that as well. Move them, go from big screen to small screen and back. Yeah. I think it's a smart way to do it. All right. Next one, Michael. Uh, So the last one is Miss Marvel, which the the really appealing thing about this series is that uh, this is Marvel's, this is, this is all about inclusion. So this series is not only a teenage girl, but she's also a Muslim teenage girl. So uh, when it, the first when the series first came out a few years ago, it got a lot of buzz and has done very well. Um, her origin is tangentially connected to that of Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel in the comics was for the longest time Miss Marvel and only in the last, you know, several years did she become Captain Marvel. And when she did that, Kamala Khan, who has a completely different power set, um, became Miss Marvel. She doesn't have any of that, you know, shoots lasers from her hands or anything like that. She's more about, um, uh, I kind of think of her as uh, she has physical manipulation of her body so she can get large or tall or stretch her limbs out and whatnot. Kind of a almost like a shapeshifter, but not. So she picked up the Miss Marvel moniker and kind of ran with it. So it's it's good that Marvel's doing this because, like I said, it, it is another uh, represent. It's representation. It's inclusion. I like that aspect. That said, I can't really speak much more about this character. Is it's not a character that I've particularly followed. But kudos to Marvel for doing that at least. Is she like a Reed Richards? Fantastic Four? Not quite. 
Um, and of course, I might be wrong now that I said that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Michael on this one in the sense that <clears throat> I, I don't have anything against it. I hope it does well. But in my comic book following days, it was Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel being the same. So this this character in, in this iteration existed, you know, years after I stopped being into comic books and following anything. So I have no ties to it. That may mean that I won't take the time to, to watch it um, unless the other two, you know, are the, I don't know when, what order they're coming out, but if I feel like something is ma- leading up to Ms. Marvel that I, I'm really hooked on, then I might, I might watch it. But what if they did it this way? So I'm going to, I'm going to turn this around maybe Michael and it would pertain to you mostly um, the two girls that you live with, your two girls. What if this was the My So-Called Life version of comic books? Because that was such a great show. What if they took that spin on it if it's if it's a teenager? I, I think it'd be fantastic. Whether or not my girls would watch it, I don't know. And the reason I say that is because five, six, seven years ago, they were clamoring for a Black Widow movie. And unfortunately... I think they just got sick of waiting around, and now that a Black Widow movie's coming out, they don't have any, as much interest. And I think Marvel kind of, uh, I think Marvel made a misstep there by waiting so long to put out a Black Widow movie, and they lost the opportunity to grab more female fans. So, um, for my girls, I think the opportunity has passed. But for other younger women still, you know, growing up yet, maybe this could hook them. I don't know when they see the previews for the Black Widow movie. I'll bet they'll want to go. Yeah, I, I, I think with this one, too, I, I hope what it does is brings in, you know, new new people to this universe. Like, obviously, Michael and I are already in, and, and we're watching, and Joe, we're watching as much as we can. You know, we're not going to like everything they throw at us, um, but in order for this thing to keep going 10, 20 years in the future and keep being successful, same with Star Wars, they got to bring in some new people that don't just want to be tied to the existing, you know, legacy characters. So, in that sense, I, I hope it does that. Yeah, I agree. It's perfect point, Alan. They got you. Got to keep things fresh and pull people in. We don't have to like everything they do, um, and I think that's a big part of what's wrong with some of the culture right now. It's if somebody does something slightly off, it's it's like either all good or all bad. There's there's good pieces to a lot of things that can still be, you know, put throughout the universe of any of these from Star Wars, Marvel. Not everything's going to be perfect, but if the kernels are there, it'll be it'll be fine. Exactly. And I just wanted to note real quick, I, I did double check myself, and you are correct. She is basically Ant-Man and Mr. Fantastic combined when it comes to her powers. She can stretch, she can get tall, big, whatever. She can just basically morph her body into whatever length, stretch, shape, or form she wants. But think about that as a drama, right? If you're a teenager, well, some of the biggest issues as a teenager, even as an adult, are body issues. I mean, there could be a really cool way of bridging that idea and I, I'm going to go back to that kind of my so-called life kind of thing where they're dealing with real teenage problems and she's you know that, that just seems like a really no-brainer to me uh, if they really want to reach that different kind of audience well we don't know much about the show but I think you're you're 100% correct there and that uh, they could go that way I mean we've already seen um, some pictures or they did a kind of a mock-up of what WandaVision is going to be and it looks like WandaVision is going to be kind of like a 60 sitcom so right that not that we want to get too much into that but if they went the my so-called life route 
I mean, I wouldn't put it past Marvel because they're, let's face it, their movies now are not just superhero movies. They've gone in just about every genre there is. There's space operas. There's, you know, political intrigue. There's all kinds of stuff. So why not? Yep. Why not make a teenage angst show that was, uh, you know, female focused? I mean, you got a little bit of that with Hulu's Runaways, but. Yeah, I was going to say also, I, I had my share for the next five years of angst from the Jessica Jones series. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's adult angst. That's not teenage angst. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'd be more open to the teenage angst. I'm with you, Ellen. Got, that got a little too long in the tooth. Like, enough already. Yeah, she kind of didn't evolve, but whatever. Different topic for a different day. Right. All right, well, I'm going to pull us forward to, for me, this week has been like, children's christmas again um you may have thought a couple weeks ago when we did our last recording michael asked me what i wanted to see and that was an obi-wan series and my gosh we got it and I, I can't tell you how excited i am it's my favorite character and i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this i think it's going to be a one and done this is not going to be a multiple season series i did read that you mcgregor um yes we already know he's reprising the role, but he's also going to direct a few of these episodes. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, my thoughts to you guys is where do you think this storyline is going to go? Clearly it's between um, three and four. Um, I can't see them doing anything else, but more importantly, don't you kind of have to bring Qui-Gon Jinn back? Maybe that could be interesting there. Why? Why Qui-Gon? Um, well, he's got to learn how to commune. That was his last, uh, homework given by Yoda at the end of episode three. So it'd be interesting to me if he's going to learn how to come back to the, and talk to Luke and, and kind of build this, become more powerful than you can ever imagine. Someone's got to teach him. So I'm going to assume that he's got to talk to Qui-Gon because Yoda's not dead yet. So he can't do it with him at this particular point in time. Well, so to me, not? I think why, it's going to be interesting to be talking to Yoda. We know that he knows where Yoda is in Empire Strikes Back. How do we know he hasn't been communicating with Yoda? He could be. Well, he can. He can, but he, but Yoda can't teach him how to come back from wherever Qui-Gon is. That's Qui-Gon's... He's supposed to commune with him. That was the last request. Gotcha. I, I think, you know, Joe's touching on a great point here, and then, but even, you know, Yoda. I think that's the big question here for me is who is going to show up in this series? Are we going to see a new actor cast as you know what eight-year-old luke skywalker on tatooine are we going to see aunt brew and uncle owen like i'm excited about that because it's just in that time frame where they can touch on a lot of things if they want to or they can go in a new direction and i think i'd be happy with either so do you guys think obi-wan leaves tatooine at all i don't know it's kind of I, I don't think he can. He's the, his his job is to watch over Luke. I don't. I feel like it, it's kind of his his lot in life now. I gotta agree with Alan on that because even in what was it, um, Rebels, when I didn't watch it, so I think you guys did. I did, right? Yep. Uh, wasn't Obi Wan kind of trapped there in Tatooine? I mean, that's where Darth Maul found him. Well, they didn't say it was trapped. They kind of caught him when I think at the time that took place, I believe Luke was around nine or ten years old, guessing. Yeah, but we don't know if he was trapped there or. But like I we said, I, 
the way I think about it, the most important thing in the universe and in the eyes of Obi-Wan is watching over Luke and nothing would tear him away from that. The other thing that can tear him away from that though, Alan, is that he feels like he lost Anakin. At this point, he doesn't really know Anakin survived. We don't know about Darth Vader living or he doesn't know. We don't know when he knows. He knows. There could be. No, he doesn't. How does he know? He left him for dead. He knows because I mean, Luke. When Luke is talking to Ghost Obi Wan in Empire, he's like, "You told me my father died," and Obi Wan. No, 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 no. At this particular point in history, we may not know that he thought Vader survived until stories of Vader come around. I'm saying he could leave world to go confront Vader earlier, which ties to the line in Star Wars where he says, "You should not have come back." What if he tried to turn save? Anakin one last time as a as a as a thing as to interesting quiet. as that would be I think that would be kind of going to the well one too many times but it could it's it's possible I mean he feels like a failure right right it's possible but I I don't see it happening I think I think he already knows because at this point we okay so it's after rebels we already know Vader's been around and he's been do, wait, do we know it's after Rebels? Uh, yes. It takes place... Oh, I take that, I take that back. I take that back. It, it does not take place before Rebels. Uh, we don't know. I don't know if it's before or in between. It's got it to before. be before, right? Uh, yeah, there's an official to. timeline. I will send it to you guys so you guys can see. But um, Disney released an official timeline, and according to the timeline, it occurs during Solo's period. More towards the beginning of Solo. Solo. Okay. So, why I, why I said that is maybe Alan, you can you can affirm this in Rebels, Ahsoka confronts Vader, and she learns that it's Anakin. She didn't know it was Anakin when they first met. She figured it out over time, but they had that last confrontation, which was one of the best TV moments and Star Wars moments, and all of the writing of star Wars, in my opinion, but she cracked open his helmet and saw his face one last time that could echo with Kenobi. I think, um, I don't know. Here's, here's what I think. And this is just my opinion. Having not watched rebels or any of that, uh, Ahsoka never became a Jedi. Um, Nope. She's force sensitive. Obviously she's, she's one of those gray line, Force wielders that later in Rebels we find out. Um, I, I don't know. Obi Wan is a full fledged Jedi. I would be. I'm just saying. I would be surprised if he didn't know in the show already, in the Obi Wan show, that Anakin wasn't Vader. That's my take on it. I could be wrong, and you might be right, Joe. But my impression is that he already knows because at this point, I think they've already said that the show. Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show, whatever it's going to be called, takes place, what, between 8 and 12 years, somewhere around that line, maybe 9, 12 years, after the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. So that tells me Vader's been around for a while, and even though in Rebels he's still got his, uh, his, you know, his baddies going out, searching out and hunting down Jedi, he's been at it for a while. So I want to say that Obi-Wan knows already. That's just my gut. That's all I got. Cool. Ellen, what do you want to see on this show? What do you want to see out of Obi-Wan? 
I, you know, I, Joe and I had talked about this in the past that like <clears throat> I have nothing against the show. I think it's going to be great, especially knowing the timeline. But I had said to to Michael previously, like I, I've got my fill of Obi Wan, so I sort of I, I wasn't clamoring for more Obi Wan. I'm going to like it, but in that sense, I'm really coming with very little expectations. But I, I think just because of the timeline and hopefully it does, I want him to be locked on Tatooine. I want to explore more Tatooine. Honestly, let, so from that point of view, let me say throw this on the left field. I'd like to see more about the Jawas or the or the Huts or other things that have been always on Tatooine and we only really got to see a glimpse of the Tusken Raiders. We saw a little bit more of them in the prequels, but... I'd like to see just more exploration of Tatooine. Do you, do you think they'll end with, with a live version of what happened with Maul? I don't. I don't either. No, I don't think so. Let, let me throw this out there. We already know the Mandalorian is pretty much going to be a Western, right? They've, they've said yep. as much. So what kind of preceded Westerns in cinema was the Akira Kurosawa wandering samurai films yep kung fu that kung fu kung that fu, kung fu um kira kurosawa wasn't so much kung fu as he was ronin and samurai and let's already let's face it they've already pretty much established that jedi are very similar to the ancient samurai um so could this be a wandering samurai type thing kind of like i, I don't want to say you know the, the seven samurai because there's only going to be one but who knows? Maybe we will see other Jedi because we know in Rebels, which takes place years later, there are still Jedi out there and still Force-sensitive people. So will we see other Jedi where we see other Force people? Probably. So I... Kane and Jarrus. Exactly. Could we see them in this? Don't know. But I would like to kind of see him as the wandering hermit for a bit on Tatooine, being the the wandering samurai. That's that's where I see this show going, and I'd be okay with it. And I'd be okay with seeing more of Tatooine as he hides within the underbelly, trying to keep an eye on Luke over the years. That's my take. The Jun, the Junlin wastes, and I would like to see. Um, I I think he, I get your saying with the samurai, but I think it's going to really explore the fact that he has to. He's in hiding. He's not just there watching Luke. He's totally in hiding. So I think we might see a little more of his sleight of hand. This, these aren't the droids you're looking for. I think we might see a lot of that side of a Jedi because he's not going to be out waving around his lightsaber. I, I think that's what's going to make it really feel like it leads into you know episode four, New Hope. So do you think the first time he lights his lightsaber post Darth Maul is at the at uh, Mos Eisley spaceport? No. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that or. Was that the first time, or is it when uh, Luke... I'm asking, I'm asking you, the first time he wielded it, like actually did something in public with the lightsaber, was at Mos Eisley's on their way to I think it'd be cool if that, if that was true. I don't know. How are you going to go a whole six, eight episodes without him ever using a lightsaber? I don't see that happening. Be a tough one, I think. Of course, if he leaves no trace. Right. I'm calling that. That's my that's my out on a limb. There's going to be no lightsaber swashbuckle right. unless it's a. We're holding the nail into it right here. Here I'm I'm stamping it on this date. Alan says Obi Wan will not use a lightsaber throughout his show. I do think, though, to me, what's going to make it interesting is that he, A. Ewan McGregor is a great actor, so they're not going to. It, the scripts are going to be a little meatier, I think, in terms of the internal strife of Kenobi. He is going to deal with the fact that he lost everything. 
you know, every Jedi that he knows all went down. I mean, this was like the darkest time. How does he stay sane knowing what he has to do for Luke later on or, you know, at least be there for him? It's, this is going to be some heavy stuff, I think. I don't think it's going to be light. And I don't, I don't believe I'm going right off recent memory here. I don't think any of that has been explored in the animated series, in the books, even his his period of grieving, which surely must must be there. There was a book out not too long ago. I think I don't know if it's canon or not. Just called Kenobi. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything about that but, book. But even even, even if they even if that's the case, this is still almost a, at least at least almost or about a decade down the road. Is he still going to be grieving at that point? I think he's in the middle of grieving at this point. Everything's lost. I don't think he's is that what you think he goes for one year. I think he grieves all up until the time that Vader takes. See, I don't him see it that way, and and here's why: the Jedi are supposed to be stoic, like the old, like the samurai, and he has accepted that he is going to stay on Tatooine and make sure that Luke grows up and he can help him, you know, teach him the ways of the Force when the time has come. So I see, I see Obi Wan being being very passionless and very stoic. Oh, I don't know. I disagree. I think he lost, if you watched Clone Wars, he lost a person that he loved in Satine. He's lost everything. I think I think when we see him in A New Hope, he's gotten to that point. I don't think he's there when he just lands. I mean, he just dropped Luke off to, you know, Lars and Owen and whatever, you know, whatever, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru, but... I, I don't know. I don't. I think I, there, I don't there's got to there's gotta gotta be him. some sort of a catalyst, right? I mean, that's what we're all yep. kind of talking around because we don't know what it's going to be, and that's going to be the exciting part. What is the catalyst that wakes him up from that uh, grieving? What is the catalyst that wakes him up to realize he has to, you know, be back and be sharp again? And, um, you know, yeah, I, we're missing yeah. the catalyst, and that's going to be the exciting part, right? What I don't want is to watch Obi-Wan follow some fucking toddler around. Like, oh, he scraped his knee. Like, make sure nothing ever hurts this kid. Because he's got, like, that would be the worst of all of it. I think we'll see that. I mean, Luke knows who he is in Star Wars. And they mention, well, he does know him. And I guess. Uh, old Ben. That's right. He does, he does mean, know him. You mean old Ben? Yeah. So he does know who he is. And they may have bumped into each other a few times. And now. Uh, Owen was worried about, you know, him taking them off on some quest. So we don't know how much he's seen Luke. Hmm, it's very interesting. You, you've got me thinking now. Well, that's why Luke. I first brought up my, my first point was, are we going to see Luke, a younger Luke played by a different, a different person? Now that's a risky move, but I'm like, man, that, that would be, that would be salacious. What about one better? What if he sees a young Leia? Their confidants all the way up through, right? They're, they're, I mean, we could we could see Jimmy Smiths in this. I I don't think that I don't think we'll see that. At least, I would think it would be not smart to see that because the whole point of separating them was to keep them apart in case one dies. There was still the other. Well, I didn't say on the same planet. You know, there's no reason that Obi Wan can't go to Alderaan once. Who knows? I mean, who uh, knows where they could go? Look, you're right. It could be anything. But I'm kind of with Michael. A, I think he's not leaving. I think he's not using his lightsaber. And I agree with Michael that, like, yeah, the, the key was separation, and you don't, you know, you don't well, want to connect him it could with be, both of those people, and that, you know, I just think that's how they could play it. Well, it could be through communication screen, you know, the same kind of like messages. Like they have I, to know, I'll they have to this. know exactly where he's at for them to bring the plans to him. 
I'll give you this. I think we may see Jimmy Smiths. Much more than that, I I don't I don't know. What if they bring the girl in from Stranger Things to be Leia? What? She's too old. Yeah, now she is. Well, anyways, I think it's it's uh it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I'm glad they're gonna do it. It doesn't come out until the 2020 sometime. I think. Um, super excited. But I got to tell you what the trailer for the Mandalorian. Ooh. Oh, holy yeah. cow! Oh, yeah. Okay, can can I kick this off just by yeah, I asked yeah, you a question via text message? Absolutely. Is it the best Star Wars trailer we've seen of all time? Now I wasn't around for the originals, but we can watch them on. You know, trying trying to keep things equal. Ooh. Obviously, Star Wars when you saw it in '77 and '81 or whatever, yeah. you'd never seen anything like it. So we we got to put that aside, but. Well, you know, it, 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 can I say it's one of the best? I'm going to be honest here. It is, but take the movie for what it is. The first preview or the teaser preview for um, Phantom Menace yeah, was amazing. Yeah, it really was. It, 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 <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was. It was first out on Apple iTunes. You can download. It was something like. It brought everything, but everybody crowded around that preview because you didn't know what it was going to be at that but, time and. And I think that's the interesting thing is that had whatever, what, 13, 15 years of, of uh, buildup. Yeah. You know, this thing has came out in the middle of a slew of Star Wars content and it still, you know, sort of stopped you in your tracks when you watched it, right? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And I've watched it almost every day since it's come out at least once. I mean, I think we can throw it out and say it may be the, the very well be the best modern Star uh, Wars. Here, here's the thing. So I agree with Joe. Phantom Menace, yes, it had 13 years of buildup. But I, I mean, Phantom Menace, the trailer for that blew my mind. I mean, there there were people, tons and tons, thousands of people that went to go see the movie Meet Joe Black, this terrible Brad Pitt movie, just to see the trailer. You know? Right. So is it the best Star Wars trailer ever? I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I can answer that question. And it's because... When I was nine years old, um, I thought seeing the trailer for Revenge of the Jedi and seeing the Royal Guard and what are these these scout troopers and Ewoks and speeder bikes, it blew my mind. Now, mind you, I was nine years old. So, I, I mean, obviously now I'm in my 40s. Was the Mandalorian trailer badass? Yes. I love how they filmed it. I love the cinematography. I loved that... There was no voice until way late in the trailer, maybe at least halfway through, before you finally hear Werner Herzog say anything. It was a masterfully done trailer, no question. But seeing it through the lens of a 40-something versus seeing, you know, Return of the Jedi as a nine-year-old, or even um, in my 20s seeing, you know, episode one, I, I, I really can't say it's the best Star Wars trailer I've ever seen. But it's pretty damn good. Yeah, here's the thing. Alan, I think you hit it. It is one of the best trailers, but for a different reason than maybe we think. I think as a kid, and you're never gonna get you're never gonna be a kid again. You're never gonna feel those initial like you like Michael, you felt for Return of the Jedi. But what makes this one different, this is a preview for the forty year old. This is there's nothing kid about this thing. You had uh, stormtroopers heads on spikes this is a knockout adult star wars story that to me 
it makes what makes this so much more interesting is that I don't know any of these characters. This is going to be all new. I have zero expectations of wanting to see Han Solo come through or whatever, which he could technically. Um, but I'm really, really excited. I, I do believe, though, I do believe, and I'll probably be marked wrong, I do believe that we will find out after the end of season one that he is Boba Fett. No. I do. I think these are, I think we've been played. I think we've been played, Michael and, and Alan, is that, hear me, hear this. We've known for a while, if if you follow Star Wars, there's been rumors of a Boba Fett movie and an Obi-Wan movie. Now, we can say, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Not a, That's not much of a limb, but everybody said they got scared after Solo. I don't believe they got scared. I think the company said, listen, we need to pivot quickly to get into streaming or we're, we're going to lose our ass down the road. This is where the road is going to be. We need to pivot now. What do we do? Hey, we've got these two properties that are going to be films. We need, if we use those to streaming, we will get people over here. I believe they took the scripts literally from the Boba Fett story and Obi-Wan and said, we're going to make series out of these so that we can get streaming started. I don't think it was being scared about box office at all. So very interesting I'm not disagreeing with Joe. I kind of want to say that I hope that's not what they do. But look, nobody wants Boba Fett back more than me. What I will point out was, and if you guys, I'm sure you saw the D23 footage um, of the new movie, right? Of uh, uh, what the hell is the new movie called? Rise of Skywalker? The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. So, but I just will, I will say the one bit of it, they do a little a little greatest hits for the first minute and a half there. In the only character that pops up in that greatest hits that hasn't been already brought back in a movie is Boba Fett. And not only that, Boba Fett was only in those movies for a few minutes. Now they're either just get you know, playing pandering to the to fanboys that want to see Boba Fett. But everybody else in that initial highlight reel was major characters in the Star Wars saga. Yep. Boba Fett isn't really. He's just popular. So I'm saying I, I think there's something to that. He must be coming back somehow at some point. I- well, I, yeah, I believe that the Mel- I think the Mandalorian season two will be called Boba Fett. I'm gonna disagree, and here's why: uh, Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. Right, we've talked about he that before. He wears Mandalorian correct. armor. He is not a Mandalorian. But if you've, if nobody has ever, if you don't know who Boba Fett is, and you see him walk up, what would you call him? Bounty hunter. You'd call him a Mandalorian, possibly. I don't know. I. I don't know. I think the character is going to be too young. The guy that playing him, uh, no, because this is what. Uh, how? Wait, 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 wait. How do you know he's too young? Well, let's see. The Mandalorian takes place several years mm-hmm. after Empire Strikes Back. We're looking at. Oh, sorry. After well, Jedi. Place right, right, after right after Jedi. Jedi. So, I don't know. Do you, you didn't watch you didn't watch Correct. Rebels, right, Michael? Do you know who's in Rebels? Who's in Rebels? That's Boba fine. Fett. Rebels go as a kid, fine. or is that Clone Wars, Alan? Am I got it? Do I got those messed up? Uh, I can't Clone remember now Wars because I think he debuted in Attack of the Clones, which Clone Wars takes place after that. He's already a little kid then, about eight, nine, maybe ten years old. So in Clone Wars. But either way, the the math isn't too far off. I mean, you, we can do the basic math. I mean, the the guy who's playing him 
at most he might be five to seven years off of what Boba Fett's exact age would be. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I I hope it's not Boba Fett. I, I think if it's not, and I, I kind of think it's not either, but I think it would definitely, they got to touch on Boba Fett at some point. Either Boba Fett trained this guy or he's using a spare set of Boba Fett's armor. Well, he's got a completely set, different I set of armor. I just don't know how. Fact, as you see. You know. Yeah, but, do, but does Boba Fett only have one set? You know what I mean? You got to imagine he had multiple sets of armor. So I just think they can't come out. And, I mean, legitimately, they can't come out and call it the Mandalorian and not tie it back to Boba Fett somehow. That doesn't mean he is Boba Fett. But how are you going to do that and not work Boba oh, Fett I think, in somehow? I think we'll see Boba Fett in some way, okay. shape, or form in some kind of reference. So he's in Clone Wars. Sorry. So, yeah, Boba Fett was in Clone Wars. And he works with Hondo a bit. And he's a, he's fairly young in that. Um, obviously, because it's this, you know coming off of um, the Clone Wars mo- uh, show movie, so they don't. I think I can't remember how they ended him um, in there, but he was in there, and he's fairly young. So I'm not sure. I I just my gut is telling me that they're gonna they're gonna push it to. He, he's going to be. Yeah, we'll Boba see. Fett. I mean. I would prefer it's not, but if, I mean, obviously I haven't seen the show yet. If they can make it work in the story, I'm okay with that. I mean, but back to your point real quick about how this trailer is for people of our generation. I agree with you 100%. Disney is trying to be all things to all people, and they're going to hit Star Wars all across the board, as we see with the Resistance. That's obviously an animated show on... uh, that they have right now on their on their TV on their channel on their Disney, Disney. XM or whatever X, XD thank you XD Dis, Disney um, XD so they're hitting the kids um, we'll definitely see more of them hitting the kids with other animated shows that we know will be coming but you know you got to pay some lip service to the people that have been around for forty years enjoying this and that's what the Mandalorian is it's it's a much more mature look on Star Wars and Favreau Jonathan Favreau the uh, showrunner and creator and director of the first episode has already said this is going to be a darker kind of freakier take on star Wars, which I'm there for. So Alan and I talked about this, Alan, let's talk a little bit. Um, I spoke of wanting to see creatures that we kind of grew up with. Cause I think star Wars now has not really gone back to any other, you know, you don't see Jawa somewhere else. You don't see my, you know, a Greedo, a Rodian. And I think, this show is going to have that opportunity to really push what bounty hunters are. Will Bosk come in here? Well, you know, it's going to be an interesting, this, this could be that the gangster stuff that we, that people were alluding to when they were building the solo thing up. But what, what's your take on that? Well, I, I hope so. I mean, obviously the whole, the whole bounty hunter world was teased in empire. Um, They've explored it in the animated series, but obviously there's a, a lot of people who are adult Star Wars fans that never watched the animated series. So I think to a lot of people, it's still, it still hasn't been explored. Um, so I, I hope so. I hope we see more. I mean, they, they mentioned bounty hunters and he's part of a bounty hunters guild in this movie, basically. So I hope to see some familiar faces um, and some uh, older older creatures like we said more more creatures being actual characters 
Yeah, we see I, a, a an IG ro- uh, droid in there, which looks oh my god, that was so cool. IG eleven yeah, voiced awesome. by Taika Waititi. Yeah, it was so cool. Yes, it, I mean it's gonna be so cool. Um, I, I think needless to say that I am probably looking forward to this the most outside of the movie this year. I mean, it's I mean th- this is gonna take my money. Oh, totally. I, I'm super hyped for this. I mean, this is I, I'm looking for this to battle Rogue One as my favorite new Star Wars, uh, you know, property. I totally agree with you. I think this is going to be bigger than people think. I think it's going to be you've got two people, Dave Filoni, who is, my opinion, the next George Lucas when it comes to Star Wars. I, I just think it's going to be perfect. I think we're going to want more of this than maybe of any film that comes out because we still don't know. They're now Star Wars is now set for television through 2020, so we're probably not going to see a new film till 2021, right? Is that what they said At a couple least. years? Yeah, and do we? I mean, Joe and I. Sorry, we we touched on this. Are we? And again, let's get Michael's opinion. Are we pretty much confirmed that this is Tatooine? I mean, there's so many obviously nods and hints to it, but no, it is because if you look in the poster. You'll see a Jawa cruiser. I think it could start in Tatooine. I don't know oh, if it's going right, to stay you're there. Right. The Jawa cruiser is in the poster. I saw that. Which and it's like, yeah, that, it, then it must be. There's no reason to have that many familiar things and have it be somewhere else. I mean, how else is it going to be Boba Fett unless he's out of the Sarlacc pit? It's got to start in Tatooine. Yeah. Like, what is the reason for starting in Tatooine if it's not Boba Fett? <laughs> well, there's, here's the there's thing, zero here's, reason. Here's the thing. I would say I'll play devil's advocate there. You have the huts, and I think that may be sort of a surprise twist in this that they haven't teased yet, haven't shown. But like the huts are one of, or Jabba the Hut at least is one of the biggest. Um, Jabba's gone, my friend. The biggest promoters of he's he dead. Yeah, but what about what, like what was left Some, in his yeah, wake? I guess though nothing. Tatooine was a criminal what? underbelly. Some other hut may have moved in. Right, right. So yeah, Jabba's gone, but there's a whole there's a whole family. The whole crime crime family. Yeah, I don't. Okay, that's one reason. But there's a lot of places to start. Um, they could have started in Batu, which is what's happening at Galaxy's Edge right now. That's a big planet. If you're reading the Thrawn novels, I'm learning it's well, coming in there. On. But the only re- the only reason to start this in Tatooine is to make it Boba Fett. I mean, that would be a valid reason. I it would could not be. Say it could be Tatooine because we know all we know is it takes place. On the rim, and we know Tatooine is on the rim. Yes, outer rim. So, it's it's yeah. not a central planet. So, there's some credence to that, and maybe then yes, maybe Boba did crawl out of the Sarlacc pit. Which I don't know if that's canon anymore. It was canon for a while, but I thought now it's part of the legends. So, it. Yeah, I mean, it was wiped clean, but that was one of the Legends books that I did read, and it was written really well. I think, like, going back to that, we won't dive too far into this because it is a discussion in and of itself, but they they wiped it clean, but they kept Legends for a reason because they can pull things from there because Legends change over time and talk. So Yeah, I mean, they reserve the right to pull stuff yeah, out like, when they want it. But like until they do, it doesn't exist. Like Schrodinger's cat kind of thing. Yep, like like right. I just said, they brought back Thrawn, so it'll be interesting. So okay, Mandalorian's going to be great. We think nothing's. I don't think anybody's going to be upset with this this TV show. So there's two 
animations that are coming uh, out back, however you want to say it. Uh, the Resistance, which I, I did watch season one, and, and I liked like the last four episodes. It actually got me into this to the series. It actually did something at that point. Yeah. Everything else was nothing before, prior to that, which was everything I, was else was of, was yeah. children fodder. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I am looking forward to it. They did say it was the last season, though, season two, and it's going to take place. Um, I believe is it post Last Jedi. Yeah, immediately after, I believe, is what they were saying. Yeah, so that's a lot of time passed for them. So that's a weird... I think they just don't know how to handle that show. I think they were trying to do a kid show and realize that it still can't be a perfect kid show. It's got to be a little bit canon. Well, and the thing that they, the thing that I that bugged me about it, and it looks like they're bringing it into the second series, hopefully more than what they teased, is there's no reason you can't have Kylo Ren in there, and there's no reason you can't have Phasma. They were... They were well, I guess at this point, maybe Kylo doesn't, but they have masks. Just animate them in. I, right. I don't know why they didn't do that the first episode or the first season. They had Phasma, right? Well, yeah, she made a few appearances yeah. on, you know what I mean? But why Why not yeah. more? What are they saving I, it I for? Don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. I think it was just they didn't quite know how to get it going. But I will watch the next season because, you know, if it's on there, it's it's on there. This is the beauty of having a streaming station where you can, you know, put a bunch of stuff on there and see what sticks. Yeah, people will watch I'll, I'll it. Watch like, it too. And for you know, for somebody like Michael, I don't, I don't think this would surprise him. But between Clone Wars, Rebels, and this, this is definitely the third best. Yeah, it doesn't even look that good. I mean, Clone Wars, I watched a few seasons, and I admit I, I didn't finish it. I could, I could jump back in and watch that. And I think both of you have said. That rebels rebels is worth watching. Resistance just looks terrible. It's got problems, but there's some nice little story plots in there that gets you in the last four episodes that, that really kind of pulls you in. Yeah, so. it's it's whether or not you can slog through the first whatever seven to get there. And there are some interesting characters. I mean, in what happens at the end with uh, this kind of fuel area, this thing called the Colossus, what happens at the end is, is interesting to me. And, uh, what's his name? Jaeger. Jaeger's an interesting yeah. character. He's a former he, he's a former rebel pilot or a TIE pilot. Yep, rebel. It, but then the there movie. is another guy that on there that's a former TIE pilot. So there's, there's some yeah. nice bits about it. And there's a nice thing about like uh, these younger people that are in there that are close friends and one gets kind of pulled into the resistance and one gets kind of pulled into uh, the first order yeah. and you, you, you kind of feel bad. It, it, there's some, there's some nice things that, that do happen in there. Um, but better yet in 2020, the final season of the clone wars. Uh, I, I loved the clone wars. Uh, I, I'll need to watch it. Well, I'm, I'm not sure is the whole is all of clone wars going to be on Disney plus. I'm sure it will be. Well, it has Netflix. There was a contract. I wasn't sure if it got ported over. No, or is it going to be in limbo? Everything with Netflix is ending soon, so Disney should have everything back within the wheelhouse probably within the next year. So it would be good if uh, maybe that's why they're waiting till twenty twenty. Maybe that's when they get the thing so they can put all of Clone Wars and you can just binge watch the whole thing. That's a long binge. It is, but it's 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 a good one. Now, there's no. There's no uh, nothing lost here because Filoni did come out and say that this season is a, is something that he's that everybody kind of knows about. Uh, we know that there's a Mandalorian thing that happens in here. We know that Ahsoka and Darth Maul fight. Um, he said this. This is not spoiler stuff because it's the the leaked scripts have been out there for a while that he wanted to finish it and that he's doing what he wants. So uh, this is going to be an interesting time. Because we know, we believe Ahsoka lives. 
obviously, because she gets through Rebels. So it's going to be fun. Um, and to see Darth Maul again, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be cool. Yeah, my, my Maul timeline is so thrown off because he appeared in so many different things like and then he left and came back and it's so it's like everything i can't never place what happened when with with him because he kind of ebbed and flowed in these animated series so much yeah but he was so good in rebels too though the mall character was so good yeah it was and it uh, was so michael you're gonna have to catch up on clone wars because there's a lot to unpack there about the character there's real character studies in there that become that that really kind of heighten the Anakin and Obi-Wan and, and everything that's around him, it really kind of heightens those characters and takes them to a spot. I, you know, much I will further. say though, and I think knowing Michael a little bit, the challenge is that there's so many episodes and it goes off on so many little tangents that kind of are just turning one rock over, then, then leaving it and going back on, on your way. It's hard. It's hard to get through it. That's, that's what I'll tell Michael Re- rebels flows a lot easier. Yes, absolutely. I'm not against picking up. Uh, it does 100%. I, I, it's you're right. It's going to take some time to figure out where I was and pick back up and yada yada yada. So, I think of the two, I'd be more likely to jump into Rebels because it's it's a shorter it's a shorter slog. I think. Yep, for sure, and you should. That's your homework. All right, let's get to the big thing. At D twenty three, they did unleash the big teaser drop of. The Rise of Skywalker. And I think, Alan, you, you said it best when they kind of they kind of brought you through this journey. And it was interesting to me every time I watched it, like they started with A New Hope. They did it in the order of movie release, not in order of st- of, of uh, timeline. story. Yeah, timeline, which I thought that was kind of interesting. And they showed you everything up until, I mean, you, you could tell by the music when they were going to cut to show you new footage. It was really kind of perfect uh, editing. Um. And we saw a lot of really cool stuff. We saw C-3PO with red eyes. Who's going to turn into, maybe is he going to be some kind of battle droid? We see, you know, one of my favorite shots is everybody coming out of hyperspace of from the resistance. And then it cuts to like a, just a crap ton of of um, First no, Order. Star Destroyers. Well, Star Destroyers. Oh They're Imperial Star Destroyers. That's true. That's true. They, they, could, they could be... Uh... Uh, we won't get into too many details here, but they may not be first order. You're right. Could be it. Could be Palpatine's. Uh, I think it's Emperor, Empire. Empire. It's already been established that Palpatine in the books. It's been well established that Palpatine stashed a bunch of stuff away just in case. So I, yep. judging from what we saw in the trailer, so those are not first order, first order style star destroyers. Those are the classic Star Wars star destroyers. And I. I, I, did, I hadn't dug into that. I hadn't read the articles where they break it down frame by frame and zoom in. So I, I haven't I'll, either. I'll trust yeah. that Michael, that, that somebody has confirmed that. But I, I, I thought, now, we don't know. This hasn't been confirmed by anybody. Palpatine's stash that was out in wild space, I sort of just assumed that is what birthed the First Order. Um, I, I think it'd be great and interesting to say that they it's still out there and the First Order created their own. Um, but initially I figured, oh, well that his stash is what became the first order that we saw. Otherwise, where did that come from? But, um, I like the possibility. I think it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, we have to see how Snoke figures in if they ever get into that, um, kind of built. 
I, th- I will say though, just because it's an easy one for me to throw out there, I think the three PO with red eyes is a little bit of a of a misdirection. I think that's just going to be a fleeting scene. I don't think it means I don't know. evil red, or anything, but we'll see. Yeah, red eyes. But they show him evil. Red means yeah. evil in Star Wars, you know. That that's why it's that's why yeah, they call it a misdirection. That's all I'm saying. A yeah, red herring, exactly. I do think maybe they turn him because they show in that he's carrying guns and stuff like that. He could be reprogrammed. Now I do believe that JJ had a plan because there was a comic book that you know with this red arm thing, and um, I think that comic book had something to do with him running a recon mission, like you know being programmed to do things. So you know I think JJ might give him the opportunity to be a little bit different than just the whiny yeah, CDPO. Kind of a nice be cool. kind of allusion to triple zero. I'd like to see him show up somewhere. I don't think we will, but not, not definitely not in the saga movies, but I'm holding out for a live action version of triple zero. Could be, that would be interesting. And for those who don't know, triple zero is from Dr. Afra. I, I think the, Again, I, I touched on the Boba Fett thing. I thought that was very interesting that they made sure he was included in that little trip down memory lane. Um, but a lot of the other stuff, I mean, again, it was nice. I, I, I'm glad we got it. But I'm also sort of like, yeah, it just kind of was like a little bit of shiny objects. You know what I mean? And then obviously the, you know, you got to get into the Ray element there. That that obviously is the, the most, the shiniest object of them all. So let's get into it. Let's get into the last piece of candy of this teaser dark ray okay first off that is not maul's blade no it's not because they show it oh yeah it shows it she's holding them it both harkens up and back it's kind of like a double blade and then she hits a switch and it flips down and now it's double sided and yada 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 the only thing i say yeah. about that is that well, i've got a theory which i'll get into a little bit but the whole trailer itself made me go meh all right i want to get into this what do you want michael like what let me before before we get into the cross examination of michael i'll I, I just said it but i kind of agree with michael it's kind of it just was a bunch of shiny objects really it didn't like i said i'm glad i saw it it allows my mind to wander a little bit and, and fill well it's not a blank. trailer so it's not it's a trailer exactly. it's just but so it's like we it is a really, teaser. It's exactly that's exactly what it was. It teased a couple things. I think. Yep. If three PO isn't a misdirection, then dark ray dark ray is definitely a misdirection. One of them's a misdirection. You know, I, I think that's part of the point is to throw everybody off and to send everybody into new directions of assuming what the movie's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's misdirection. I mean, there's a lot of things in the other movies that, like, once you watch the movie, it wasn't misdirection. He just showed you a cut and. Thing and we can't. Well, it's it's, you know, it's the, very the trailer of the last movie. They totally made it overly obvious that Kylo Ren was going to fly in and blow up uh, Prince and blow up Leia, and he yep. didn't. Right? No. Totally, they totally set it up that that's what's going to happen, and he didn't. So I think there's going to be more of some of that. I see. But they still blew up that ship. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't Kylo Ren. No, he flew in and then he backed off. He decided not to shoot, and then the other guys came in and blew it. it up. Um. Okay. So my before we get into Michael's theory. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's misdirection. I think that there is a dark ray. Is it a vision? Is it what something that Luke says can happen to her? Is it one of her own visions of dreaming? You know, after meeting with, it, does the Emperor put it in her head? I think it's there. 
or if you believe it's physically there, could there be a clone of Ray? Who knows? I don't. I don't know if it's misdirection because it's just a. It's a shot, and the shot says there's a dark ray. Now, whether that's vision or not, that, that that's not misdirection. It well, just the, says the shot doesn't say there's a dark ray. The shot Correct. is ray with a robe on in the dark. But is it ray? And lights up a red lightsaber. And why? Right. Well, it's yeah, Daisy, Daisy, it's that, Daisy right. Ridley. We know there this. is a rumor out there. This isn't right. my theory, but there's a rumor that Ray is a clone. And could this be another version of her? Don't know. It's all rumor. I mean, everything's speculation at this point, but that's one of the rumors out there. And one of the things that people say is a hint of that is when in The Last Jedi, she sees herself in that mirror surface and it extends on to eternity. That That's a reference to the fact that there are many of her and that right. there are clones. So... Just throwing that out there. I don't know that I subscribe to that, but oh, that could be an explanation as to who this dark ray is. Yeah, I think that, that I think yeah, that ultimately was the main question that you're left with. Uh, you know, on, on that teaser, we we touched on a couple other ones, but I'll be interesting to see where it goes. I I, I think it's meant a little bit to throw us off of of something that may be even more interesting. Yeah. I- it could go all over the place. Um, it, it did make me more excited to see this movie. I want, I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's got a long time for December. Uh, you know, I think it would be interesting if there was, if, if, what if they switch? What if she, why can't she become dark? She why, why can't we, and, and Kylo go the other way? Could they, could that happen? The old switch. Well, okay. So yeah, you guys are saying it. So let me throw this out there. Here's my theory. Okay. I'm hoping I'm not right, <laughs> but do it. Let's say that Ray does go dark. Okay. She does become evil. And it turns out that it's Kylo Ren that either saves her or destroys her. And he makes the turn to the good. That would fit with the title because technically. Ren is a Skywalker. So the rise of Skywalker, it could fit. And if they do that, I'm going to be super pissed. I would agree with you. I I would be pissed about that as well. And and the reason I think they won't is because it's just a little bit too, I don't know if it's obvious, but it's like you're going back and forth, back and forth one too many times at that point. So I I think that's why they wouldn't, but I agree with you. It would piss me off because, number one, I mean, yes, obviously he's the Skywalker, but then also they've established a strong female character to be the next legacy character, and if they turn her evil and is murdered or killed or whatever, or even if she just turns evil and stays evil, that pisses away two and a half movies for of goodwill and representation and all that. And I, I will be, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I, it's, I, I would, I, yeah, you're, you would be right to be pissed, but I think those are all the reasons why it wouldn't happen, but let's, we'll see. Hmm. Well, that's the Maybe thing. People should get pissed. See, I don't that's know. The thing. This is why Maybe I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility because of how upset and how much I dislike the last Jedi. I think it'd be a little bit, um, I don't know, too much hubris on the part of Disney to basically take what could very well be the the strongest female, uh, you know, character of a generation and then just kind of throw it away and make her evil. Like, 
Yeah, it's a pretty bold move. I hope not. Yeah. I, hope not. I, I don't think they will. I don't. But to, to add to that, so... Like I said, Joe, I know you're excited, and I know the teaser really got you jazzed, and you're excited, and I, I felt a whole bunch of meh. And the poster that came out, I was like, that looks like something... I don't know. It just looks like it's kind of highlighting or promoting one of the animated shows. I thought it was weak and awful. The idea of it is good. The execution is terrible. Uh, it looks sophomoric. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at the Last Jedi poster, it was kind of a play on that because you had kind of Luke in the background. It was really big. And you had Ray at the bottom holding a lightsaber, and there was Kylo Ren. But, um, I, I, there's some ideas here that are good. It just doesn't go back to the craft of um, the earlier Star Wars stuff. It just it, it feels fairly rushed. We'll see what happens with that. Um, if that's the worst that happens, I'm good with that. I, I guess I'm going back to you know, Michael. I don't know what you want. Like I don't I don't know what you want. Like and it's it, I'm, I, I say you as I say you as almost a lot of Star Wars fans like. I don't think you're going to be happy no matter what they put out there. I really don't. I think you're you're going to find I think you're going to you're probably going to be disappointed in a few things just like cuz you coming off of the last Jedi like you know I didn't hate last Jedi. I liked it. There was parts I hated, but but I liked the movie cuz I when I watched that movie in the theater I'm like where the hell are they going? I was on the edge of my seat the whole time and know what they were going to do, you know? And I liked that part of it. There's a lot wrong with it. Don't get me and we've discussed it. But I don't think I think eighty percent of the Star Wars fans will not be happy at the end of this movie because there there is no happy for them. I don't they don't know it. if it's not what they wrote in their own head that it's not good. Well, and I, I mean, would, I mean, would to, make different to Joe's point, whether it's eighty percent or sixty percent, but it's a majority. They haven't been happy since Phantom Menace came out, so it's just an extension of that same sort exactly. of mindset. I don't know. I I don't know what I want. Honestly, what I what I want is to go back in time and take it away from J.J. Abrams. That's what I want. I I I, nah, I think J.J. Abrams he was not is the problem. A hack. I'm I'm saying and I'll stand by. I I'm sorry. Uh, the Force Awakens is a greatest hits of Star Wars. It had to be, and I was okay with that to get a new franchise going. Not a fan of Ryan Johnson's movie, and I think JJ is the wrong choice for the third movie. I think he's the wrong choice for Superman with his with his new contract at Warner Brothers. I think he's the wrong choice for Green Lantern. Anything? Well, look, the, who, I'm just saying, who cares about Jay, those other? I don't like JJ anymore. Hmm. I thought any version of Star Trek was fine. We won't get into that. But J.J. Abrams so wants to be Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, he doesn't have an original thought in his body, and that's why I don't think I'm going to like this movie. Well, neither did George Lucas they, and Steven Spielberg. They don't have original. None, none of their stuff listen, is original. There's nothing they do that is original. There's a difference take between other things and straight-up bad plagiarism. Well, it's not plagiarism if you're doing it for the company that owns Star Wars. They, they it was a it was, he didn't just write the script by himself. There was a there's a team behind these things. Okay, maybe, so maybe to call it plagiarism that's is not, wrong. Okay, it's not like he's like I'm going to start my own. The fact of the matter is, is that yes, Steven Spielberg or or especially George Lucas, 
he wrote the Star Wars movies as an homage to the Kurosawa films he loved as a director, but also the old Buck Rogers serials that he loved as a kid. And it's obvious that that's where it came from. And it's, like I said, it's an homage. Yeah, every, every artist steals from everyone else. I get that. J.J. Abrams, unfortunately, is copying too much. He's a copy of a Xerox of a facsimile at this point, and I'm not liking it. I, I would say that there's some truth to what Michael says. I don't feel that strongly about it, but I'm not going to say that there isn't any truth in there. But I think it's the element of like, look, I, I, you know, take, take, you know, we like music. I don't want to go too far off, off base here, but you, you can have two or three great albums. I, I, there's maybe one or two acts in the world that, that have had seven, eight, nine, ten 10 great albums that everybody thinks it's a great album. No, you can't do Nobody's that talented, and especially in movies. So yeah, Abrams had some great stuff. He's trying to reinvent himself. He's trying to take new new packs with movies. He's trying to put his stamp on stuff, but it just doesn't work, you know. I mean, I don't. I'm on. I'm more on Joe's side on this argument than I am with Michael's. Like, look, whatever they give me, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to like what's likable, and I'm going to not like what's not likable, and I'm not going to, you know, I don't spend too much talking bad about Star Wars. I just don't, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Abrams isn't, yeah, he, he, he's not Lucas or Spielberg, but who is? I do want to point out that we're, uh, this is kind of a bad way around it, but we're getting to get into JJ Abrams. Thanks to uh, one of our listeners, Michael V, who did send us an email and asked us if JJ Abrams was necessary evil for science fiction or is it its destruction? And so my take on Abrams is show me somebody better who's done it lately, I haven't seen it. I think he's done a great job of taking, of making characters, especially in Force Awakens, that I cared about right after seeing the movie. Regardless of how the story was structured, I care about those characters. And it was the way he directed it made me care about it. I think when I get to The Last Jedi, what or what, what hurt me more about that movie was like, I didn't quite care about the characters as much as I did when J.J. did it. There's something about the way... JJ, I don't know if it frames a shot or has the beats or it gets the performance out of the particular actors that made me care more about them. The more humor maybe that did it. I think that uh, Ryan Johnson maybe missed a bit of, of maybe who Ray is and who Finn is. I think we lost. It was good with Poe. I think he really brought Poe to the forefront in that movie as a director. But I I disagree with you, Michael. I think what you're, what you're seeing is somebody our age that grew up watching those films and they're definitely going to be an influence on them. And I don't, but I don't see specific shots where he steals. I think I see a lot of shots where he's very good at revealing, but he's not shooting like Steven Spielberg. And he's certainly a better director than George no, Lucas. Never, Cause George Lucas is not a good director. So, so, you know, I think he's some of the, one of the best out there that actually can marry technology with human and he's done a good job of doing that with today's technology of filmmaking and digital and uh, creating an experience. You know, what I liked about what JJ said is I got to bring practical effects in here because, you know, a lot of the digital stuff just looks a little too clean from George's, you know, the prequels. That was the right thing to do. That was his call. Disney didn't make him do that. So, you know, I don't, I don't think he's as bad as you think he is. And I think that, um, 
is he a necessary evil for so the question that Michael brought up Michael V is clearly he doesn't like him either um, and you know I, I, I think he's more than just necessary I think he, he's, a, he's actually a, a really good director and a good storyteller my answer to that question is yes <laughs> he he was a necessary evil and we needed him uh, you know he, he brought back Star Trek thank you for that he brought back Star Wars thank you for that I mean he brought back the giant kaiju movie like Cloverfield was phenomenal right. in my he did not direct it, that it, yeah. it burst onto the scene well he was a part correct. of it correct a big part of it but let's not forget he also gave us Lost but people loved it up right up until the end. Yeah, he can't stick the landing, and that's why I'm worried. Classic Michael line right there. Can't stick the landing. Yeah, well, neither can Stephen King, they, but he still wins. <laughs> eh. I mean, what I would say I to know. that is like, look, right, obviously, show me a, show me a guy who's, who's put out nine amazing movies. Like, I don't know, maybe there is one out there, but I guarantee you you're not going to get everybody to agree on it. Tarantino. No. No, you're wrong already. <laughs> which one? We, which movie has, isn't amazing? That isn't amazing. About the last three he did were not amazing. <laughs> okay, that's a whole other episode. Then we won't go any deeper than that. We should do okay, a Tarantino that, one, though. But that said, that said, uh, not all nine of these films have been directed by Abrams. He's done two, and I don't think he can stick the landing. Don't don't get me wrong. Come December, uh, I really hope I eat my words. I want to have a podcast where you two gang up on me and tell me that I was completely wrong, and I will happily say I was wrong if that's the case. Well, I want to be wrong. You're not going to. Like, no matter what, you're not going to because that's, that's <laughs> sort of just your personality. That's why that's, that's why no, you're I want to be wrong. Yeah, you want to be wrong, but you won't admit when you are. I always admit when I'm wrong. No, I'm just kidding. You, Which you, is all you do admit when you're wrong. But I, I think Joe's on, Joe is on point when he's saying you won't get what you want out of this. Because I think – and you follow that up by saying yes because you don't know what you want. And when you don't know what you want, it's really hard to give somebody what they want. Although yeah. when I see it – You'll know what you don't like when you see it. That too. I think you're, already, uh, but I think you're going to go into it. You've already gone into it, Michael, with the mindset that he's going to screw it up. So you're going to look for every flaw when you watch yeah, this Michael's movie. You're not going to sit. You're not going to sit back and let it happen. You're gonna. You're gonna pick it apart before with at every instance, and it's going to be a. And I feel bad because you're you're not going to have a great experience first time because you're not going to open up. You're not going to let it go. Well, if they had done a better job on the Last Jedi and done a Which, better job with the last two teasers, yeah. Well, the teasers. Now, don't, Michael's appraising way too much equity in teasers these days. Yeah, way too much. Like, yeah. the, it, uh, what I'm the teaser is supposed to do is that. what it, what it, the teaser did its job because it's getting everybody to talk about it. That's it. But I, okay, I'm just telling you, I didn't like the last. I didn't like the last Jedi. And so this, the teasers were an opportunity to get those fans back, and I don't think they have. Yeah. I, a lot. Look, a lot of people didn't like the last Jedi. I didn't like the last Jedi. There's a couple of nice elements about it, but in general, I didn't like it. I, I liked Force Awakens a lot better. Yeah, let me and let me say this. I'm saying this as the guy who loved Solo. Yeah, me too. I just want to make that clear. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't go out and see Solo, and that I also think there's there's some element there of like. You part of why you loved it was because the masses didn't like it. 
<laughs> no, I saw it opening night, so I didn't have anything to judge that on. I went in to see it with an open mind, and I loved it. And I, there are a lot of people that were, you know, bad mouthing the guy that replaced Harrison and whatnot. And I went into it, and I absolutely loved it. We have to go it's, back in time. I, I don't remember. I have to. Maybe it's even text message. I don't remember you loving it so much the the day you watched it. Well, we're all going to find out in December. We're going to start wrapping this one up. This one's gone long, which is a good, I'm glad it went long. Um, super excited to see all these things. I think, you know, Alan, you are welcome back anytime, especially when these things hit like Mandalorian, like since they're going to be released weekly and not as a, um, a binging thing that it's going to be something to talk about and dissect. Yeah, it will be part of the show. So you're welcome to come at any time, at any, any time you want to. Um, I do want to tell everybody out there, uh, we're going to be at GR Comic-Con November 8th through 10th. If you want to come out to Grand Rapids and check out the Comic-Con there, Michael and I will be there in, in, a, in a booth. Um, if you could, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or anywhere you find your podcast. Subscribe, leave a message, give a review, email us. Um, yeah, send an email. Yeah. We just got one and we answered it. So if you email us, you're going to be one of the few people that does. So there's a very high likelihood that we'll answer. <laughs> Michael, where else can they find us? You can find us at cobbercast.com out there on the internet. You can also find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. For both Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at KyberCast. So look for those handles there. Facebook, uh, you can look for us at KyberCast there as well. A super big thank you to Alan Lugo for joining us. Alan, I hope you had fun. I hope this was uh, a fun experience for you. I hope you come back. Oh, definitely. I, I, I miss arguing with Michael for more than just two or three minutes via text. So it's good to get back into the swing of it. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, you know, I was told by a friend, like, you guys don't argue enough. Like, Michael and I, you know, we do say what we feel. And, you know, but I think you're you're much better at, at, at poking the sleeping dog, so to speak. Um, so, Well, surprisingly enough, Alan and I actually agreed on many things on this particular episode which is surprising because Alan is often so very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks again, Alan, for coming out. And thank everybody else for listening and tuning in. And hopefully you share this podcast. We will see you soon. What a piece of junk. (laughs) 